Hi guys, welcome back to the Mornings with Liz podcast. I'm your host, Liz. This week's episode has been very long awaited. A couple weeks ago, now, even before I started the podcast, I researched this case, kinda. And it is the Columbine High School shooting. And honestly, it has kinda taken over my life. And I know people who have true crime podcast like they say that like one specific case takes over their life and like that's the only thing they can really think of this is that case for me it is so deep and I feel like I need to do it justice and I've researched this obviously and I feel like I need to express the facts and talk about everything that this case is about because Of course, it is a school shooting, but there is so much more, and I feel like everyone needs to know everything that went into this, because it's it's crazy. It's very, very crazy. And in this episode, I'm going to try not to talk just about the perpetrators, but about the events of this tragic school shooting. I think, of course... Eric and Dylan, who are the school shooters, of course, they did horrible, horrible, horrible things. They ended 13 lives, plus their their own. And I feel like what they wanted to was to be, they wanted to be known for this horrible thing that they were doing. And now they are known for doing this horrible thing, but I don't think that we should glorify the fact that they did it. I think we should talk about them and we should talk about the events that happened in this case, but we shouldn't just focus on them and give them the glory that they wanted. So I'm super excited about this case. I, this is the only thing that really I've been thinking about for the past three days. I've written a nine, nine page, nine slides on Google Docs. And typed out everything that I'm going to be talking to you guys about. I talked about the two boys. And then I talked about the timeline. Most of this is going to be the timeline of the entire, like not the entire day. From about 11, uh, I think like 11, 12 or, let's see. I think it's about like 11, let's see actually. It is from 11.10 to 12.08. And that's basically the timeline that I'm going to be talking about. And of course, there's other things that happen. Like, for instance, I'm not going to mention the locations of, like, I'll mention, like, some locations are, like, like northeast, southwest. Like, I'll mention some of the, some of that, but I'm not going to mention all of them. I feel like it's difficult to understand, and honestly, whenever I listen to people talk about this, I have no idea, so I'm not going to accidentally confuse you guys. I'm just going to talk about the facts and the things that happened, and not, per se, the location. But I am super excited to finally get this case out of my system because I'm tired of thinking about it all the time. 
like whenever I research this I can't just research it for like five minutes I dig deep and I can't just stop or for instance I there's just so many things and we will get into all those in the next couple minutes but I told you guys in last week's episode this is just like a personal thing I told you guys in last week's episode that I was going to try to walk like three miles every day I failed <laughs> I did not do that I tried but I didn't do it I did it for like two days and then I stopped but it's just so much work like I know that I probably could do it but I didn't <laughs> maybe I'll try again this week but it's just I can't <laughs> but I say let's get on to this case and the first ever true crime episode on the Mornings with Liz podcast. Okay, let's get into it, guys. The Columbine High School shooting took place on the morning of April 20th, 1999. Everyone was ready for another boring day of high school, but little did they know this would probably be the worst day of their lives. Eric Harris was born on April 9th, 1981. In his younger years, he played soccer and wore preppy clothes. When he moved to Colorado from Wichita, Kansas, he found it hard to fit in. When he was in seventh grade, he met another boy named Dylan Claybald, who was born on September 11th, 1981. Dylan was shy and reserved. Dylan was also involved in, in the school's theater group. The two boys actually became friends their junior year. They instantly connected over video games and they were both intrigued with com- by computers. The boys came up with their very their own nicknames. Eric's was Reb, short for Rebel, and Dylan's was Vodka because his initials were in it. In January 1998, Dylan and Eric were caught breaking in and stealing from a van. They were charged with theft, criminal mischief, and criminal trespassing. They served community service and went to counseling. They got released a month early in February of 98, a year and two months before the shooting. The two planned the events soon after they got released. Eric wrote about all his ideas in his diary and posted how to make bonds on his website. He also made a five-page list of things which included slow drivers, and rich people who wrecked their new cars. Those were some of the things that he wrote down that he hated. Now we are actually going to get into the timeline of the entire school shooting and the entire majority of the events. At 11.10 a.m., the boys arrived at the school in separate cars. Soon before they arrived at the school, they set a bomb to go off three miles away from the school to use as a distraction from the event that was about to happen at Columbine High School. Eric briefly talks to a student and tells him to leave school because he likes him. That is the only student they direct away from the school. At 11.14 a.m., they headed into the school with two large duffel bags containing homemade bombs that would kill the majority of students at lunch A. The bags were placed next to two tables and hidden under many other students' backpacks. The bombs 
were 20-pound propane tanks, bombs set to go off at 11.17, which was the time that most that the most students would be in the cafeteria. At 11.17, they headed back to their own cars and waited for the bombs to go off. The investigation led to the idea that they planned to shoot all the students running out of the school. They also had bombs in their cars to go off as well, which was also a fail when they would go back into the school. At 11.19, police got a report about the explosion three miles away from the school in a grassy field. At 11.20, Eric and Dylan stood together at the highest point on the west outside stairs, both wearing trench coats, carrying backpacks and duffel bags each. At about 11.19, a witness hears one of, one of them say, go, go, then pull out shotguns and semi-automatic weapons from their coats. They begin shooting and kill Rachel Scott, who and injured Richard Castrol. They were sitting outside eating their lunch. Daniel Roenberg, Sean Graves, and Lance Kirkland come, come outside to head to the smoker's pit when they were hit with gunfire. Dylan goes over to Daniel and shoots him close range, killing him instantly. He also shoots Lance close range, but Lance survives. Eric shoots Anne-Marie Holchler, who runs inside the cafeteria. One gunman says, this is what we've always wanted to do. This is awesome. Then they were seen throwing explosives onto the roof, into the parking lot, and onto the grassy field area. At 11.22, the custodian, after replacing and recycling the video, hits record on the new tape to record lunch activity. The principal actually put in the security camera to catch food fights, but little did he know that it would actually catch this horrific event. The tape shows students running towards the window to see what's happening outside. The custodian calls the officer on duty at the school, saying he is needed in the back lot. At 11.23, at a student calls 911 to report an injured girl in the parking lot, saying that they think she might be paralyzed. At 11.24, several staff, including Dave Sanders, tries to figure out what's going on when they realize the danger Dave Sanders and the custodian direct the students to get down and students to hide. Teacher Patty Nielsen is working as hall monitor near the commons when she looks outside to see what she thinks is two boys playing with toy guns. She is on her way to tell them to knock it off when one fires into the west entrance, causing glass and metal to spray on into the hallway. Patty suffers abrasion in her shoulder, forearm, and knee from the fragments. Brian Anderson, beside Patty, was told by another teacher to get out of the school. Not noticing the danger, he runs outside the west doors. He is caught between the doors when Eric fires at the window in front of him. Brian suffers wounds to the chest from the glass fragments. Despite the injuries, the two manage to flee to the school's library. Eric and Dylan are distracted by the arrival 
of Deputy Gardner. He arrives with his lights and sirens sounding. When Gardner gets out of his car, Eric turns his attention away from the students to the deputy. Eric shoots about 10 times before his gun jams. Gardner shoots four shots at Eric. Eric spins hard to the right, and for a split second, Gardner thinks he shot him. Seconds later, Eric shoots again, and then enters the school. Students then realize this is not a crazy senior prank. A lot of students go up the stairs from the cafeteria. Several students remember Dave Sanders telling them to exit through the east side of the school. At 11.25, Jefferson County Sheriff's Office dispatch advised the possible shots at Columbine High School. Attention, South Units, possible shots fired at Columbine High School. 6201 South Pierce, possibly in the south lower lot towards the east end. One female down. Patty Nelson, hiding under the library counter, calls 911, reporting the shots being fired. At 11.26, after exchanging shots with Eric, Gardner calls on the radio for additional units. Shots in the school, I need someone in the south lot with me. Student Teachers call 911 from inside the library, reporting smoke coming through the doorway. She yells at students to get down and under tables. Scott Taborski and Paul Smoker arrive at the school. Gardner yells to Smoker that the gunman is carrying a semi-automatic rifle and went through the double doors. They begin to rescue the two wounded students. Eric leans out, out a broken window and shoots his rifle. Smoker shoots three rounds at him, then Eric disappears. Smoker hears shots inside the school as students run out. Witnesses see Eric and Dylan inside the northwest doors. Dylan fires a semi-automatic weapon towards the students in the main hallway and down the south library hallway. A student sees the boys walking down the north hallway shooting and laughing. Student Stephanie Munson and another student walk out of the classroom and see teachers and students running. The teacher yells, get out of the building. They run through the main hallway and Stephanie gets shot in the ankle but manages to get out of the school and crosses the street street to Leewood Park. A student in the counseling center sees students running and then sees Dylan behind them then immediately stop at the phones. The student is on the phone with her mom and glances up at the right moment to see a black trench coat firing towards the entrance of the school. She drops the phone and runs into the restroom and then exits when she hears no noise and tells her mom to come get her. Dylan is Dylan is last seen in the direction of running in the direction of the hallway. Dave Sanders, still on the second floor, turns onto the library hallway t- towards gunfire and sees a gunman and turns back to the classroom just before turning the corner. He is shot. He is able to make it to the science room, science wing, where he sees Richard Long, who helps him into a classroom. In the room, there is two Eagle Scouts, Aaron Hainsey and Kevin Starkey. The boys attend to his injuries. 
At 11.27, Gardner exchanges gunfire with Eric and then calls in code 33, meaning officer needs assistance. Dispatch announced possible hand grenades in the school. The two gunmen walk up and down the library hallway, shooting but not injuring anyone. They spent almost three minutes shooting and throwing pipe bombs. They throw two pipe bombs into the hallway and more over the stairwell into the lower floor. Patty Nelson is under the library counter near the library entrance. She is still on the phone with Jefferson County Dispatch and she responds to the shots and explosions coming from outside the library. She yells for students to stay down and under tables. Then she reports a gunman is outside the library doors. At 11.28, numerous students run out of the school and hide behind Taborski's patrol car. The students tell deputies that the reporters, that the shooters are inside shooting random people. They report that a younger gunman looks high school age wearing a black trench coat and has a hat on backward. The second gunman describes as taller, a little older, and also wearing a trench coat. A 911 call reports injured students are inside. Smoker radios that students are saying they are wearing trench coats. At 11.28, Gardner requests medical assistance on the west side of the school. Eric and Dylan walk into the library, and the 911 call picks up a male yelling, Get up! At 11.29 to 11.36, Eric shoots down the length of the counter, injuring one student by flying wood. The gunman walks through the library towards the west window, kills one student on the way before firing out the window towards law enforcement. The gunmen turn their attention towards the students, killing four and injuring another four before moving back to the library entrance. Eric and Dylan shoot out display cabinets before firing their gun and killing three more and injuring five. The boys leave the east side of the library and head towards the middle, reloading their guns. Two more students are killed and another two are injured before leaving the library. In seven and a half minutes, 10 students have been killed and 12 are injured. There are a total of 56 people in the library and 34 of them escaped injured. At 11.31, a deputy reports smoke coming from the school. Deputy Taborski reports a person down on the southwest side of the school. The 911 tape records shots being fired at this morning, at this minute. And also hear gunmen say, Yahoo! The fire alarm sets off at Columbine High School. At 11.32, Deputy Walker reports seeing a gunman in the library wearing a white shirt, a holster vest, and many agencies from Denver and Littleton have children that go to Columbine. One student is hiding in the kitchen on the phone with Denver police because his father is a police officer. The media is now requesting what is happening at Columbine High School. At 11.33, Jefferson SWAT team is on the way to the high school. Dispatch has report possible shots on the fo- possible shooter on the football field. 
behind the shed. At 11.34, the boys move to the center of the library. At 11.35, the SWAT team is en route, and the last victim is killed at Columbine. The gunmen move to the front counter of the library. At 11.36 to 11.44, the gunmen walk down the science wing, making eye contact with students inside locked rooms, but not trying to enter or get into the rooms to hurt more students. Several witnesses see the two gunmen shooting into empty rooms and taping explosives to doors, such as the one Dave Sanders is in. They could easily have shot down the locked doors. They seem directionless now. At 11.38, Deputy Walker reports an explosion that blows out the windows in the cafeteria. Several students run out and towards Walker. Dispatch has one shooter in the food prep area with 17 students with him. It turns out that noise they heard was a custodian and not the shooter. At 11.40, 30 students from the library have escaped after Eric and Dylan exited the library and head towards the science wing. They report the shooters might be Ned Harris. The witness was probably saying Reb, which was Eric's nickname. The explosion seemed to be moving east. At 11.34, Eric and Dylan seem to have left the science wing and head back towards the cafeteria. The cafeteria videotape records Eric kneeling down and resting his gun on the stair, stair railing and firing at the 20-pound propane tank in an attempt to make it explode. It does not. After Eric's failed attempt, Dylan walks over and messes with it. The two gunmen can be seen picking up two water bottles from the lunch before and cheering and taking a moment to take a drink. A witness hears a gunman say, Today the world is going to come to an end. Today is the day we die. At 11.45, the gunmen walk towards the food serving line in the cafeteria. Dylan throws something in the vicinity of the propane bomb. At 11.46, the two have been in the cafeteria for two and a half minutes. The videotape shows the gunmen walking away from the cafeteria and behind them, a fire sets off five fire sprinklers. The propane bomb still does not explode. Four students run out of the cafeteria. At 11.47, one student crawls out of the school. Denver Channel 7 announces gunfire at Columbine High School. At 11.49, the gunmen and in the office, two gunmen are in the office area. The SWAT team has arrived on the east side of the school. At 11.52, Jefferson County Under Sheriff John Dunway arrive at the school and tells the SWAT to make an immediate entrance to the school. Shots are reported on the east side. At 11.53 to 11.55, shots can be heard on the northeast side of the school. A two-hour-long phone call from, from a school secretary hiding under the counter in the main office reports shots being fired into the ceiling and towards the art hallway in the north. This patch got a description of one suspect, Eric Harris, 5'10", Shaved blonde hair, black pants, white t-shirt, 
carrying a light blue backpack. At 11.56, Eric and, Eric and Dylan's movement becomes extremely random. The videotape shows the two coming back downstairs into the cafeteria. At this time, the news announced two gunmen at Columbine. At 11.57, the two gunmen stand back and look at the damage that has been done to the cafeteria. The two walk into the kitchen. At 11.59, they leave the kitchen area. At 12 o'clock, the two leave the cafeteria again and head into the library. At 12.02 to 12.05, gunfire comes from the second story library window. Deputy Walker returns fire. A television news helicopter begins broadcasting above the school. At 12.08, the two gunmen commit suicide inside the library. That is the entire timeline of when they were alive. And as I've said, this case has taken over my life. And you can possibly see why. There is so many different things that go into this. It's not just about the school shooting. It's about the victims and it's very personal to me because I currently go to high school and I think school shootings are probably the number one thing that I have nightmares about. It's because they're so random and you don't know who is going to do this horrible thing or if it's ever going to happen to you. Or if it's just going to happen to places that you don't go to school, but you honestly never know. And I'm trying to educate myself more on gun safety because I think it is a huge, huge thing that needs to be talked about. And I might offend a couple people saying this, but you do not need to have a gun on you 24-7. I understand having a gun inside your house to protect you, but carrying a gun everywhere, like, if you're going, like, I understand, I really, really, truly do, I understand that you want to protect yourself, but I also understand that you should not have this gun just out, like, everywhere, you should not set it down on a table at a restaurant, you should not do that, you should be safe about using your gun. You should not display it in a way that could hurt other people. And I think that gun laws need to be put in place more. I don't think it's fair that these 13 innocent kids died because of two teenagers. I just think it's not fair that... These 13 kids had so much potential, and that was taken away by them because an 18-year-old could buy a gun for, like, nothing. Like, they just bought a gun. And it wasn't even, also, it wasn't even them who bought the guns. I There was another, there was a guy and a girl who bought the guns for them. The guy, I believe, was one of their friends, and the girl actually went to prom, like, three days before with Dylan. They went to prom together. 
and she bought him a gun to kill 13 kids that went to their school. But the that is just the timeline and I think there's so much more to it. There's the backstory and about just craziness and this is just a thought that many other people have and I kind of agree with and I kind of see it. It is the fact, like, okay, and I'm not justifying that Dylan is not a horrible person for this. They are both horrible people who did horrible things to these people and tortured these people and will torture these people for the rest of their lives. Um, everyone is saying that Eric is a psychopath and actually did show, like, signs of it. And he, Eric wanted to kill people and Dylan was just extremely depressed and wanted to kill himself. And I see that and in this, I named the victims as, like, two, two people got shot. But in a second, I'm actually going to read you a list of all of the victims and their age. And I just think that it's crazy that people who are my age died. Like, that's crazy. From a school shooting. And I feel like school shootings have become normal. And there's also many, many copycats of the Columbine High School shooting. And it's just school shootings should not be a normal thing they should be rare and well they shouldn't even happen to say that they just they're not really a surprise anymore they're just like like of course they are a surprise but they've happened so many times also i am really 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 bad with names so if I, I'm going to try my very, 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 very best to pronounce all these right. And I know that I'm probably going to mi mispronounce a couple. But the 13 victims are Cassie Barnell, who was 17. Stephen Kernow, who was 14. Corey D. Pooter, who was 17. Kelly Fleming, who was 16, Matthew Ketcher, who was 16, Daniel, Daniel Musser, who was 15, Daniel Romberg, who was 15, Dave Sanders, Rachel Scott, who was 17, Isaiah Scholes, who was 18, John Tomlin, who was 16, Lauren Townsend, who was 18, and Kyle Vesquez, I believe. That is 13 innocent people who lost their day, lost their life on April 20th, 1999, to two school shooters. I just think that it's crazy, and this case... I will always have a part of me with this case. Like, I know that I'll probably someday look back into it again. And I'm trying to make this case not the biggest thing in my life. 
I'm trying to focus on other things and focus on more positive things than just this case. Because this case is very sad and it breaks my heart and it's just, I need to think of more positive things than this. But a couple of things that happened after the Columbine High School shooting, I'm just like gonna list some things. Like, for instance, there was a video game, I know, a video game. There was a video game made about this. That's very aggravating to me. A video game called Super Combine Massacre. It was a single-player role-playing game released on April 20th of 2005. Um, the game begins on the day of the shooting and follows Eric and Dylan after their suicides to fictional adventures in hell, basically. I think that's bullcrap. And that should not be a game that never, ever should have been a game that is offensive and horrible and disgusting. In 2016, there was a movie called I Am Not Ashamed based on the journals of Rachel Scott. She was the first victim who was shot by Eric whenever she was sitting outside eating her lunch. 2003... There was a movie called Zero Day. In 2009, there's a movie called April Showers. And I believe it is directed by a student who went to Columbine. And I personally want to watch April Showers. But I don't think I'm going to because I need to get over this. So I'm just not going to try. Like, I know that I probably should. But I'm going to try not to. And then there was a song. There's multiple songs written about it. But the main song is called Friend of Mine, Columbine by Jonathan and Stefan Coden. Conan? Yeah, Conan. 10,000 copies of the CD benefited, benefit the families affected. I think that's amazing. And I've listened to the song and... It's just crazy. Like, yeah. And a couple of the copycat school shootings. There's, uh, it's disgusting how many there is. But a couple of them are, for instance, the Heritage High School a month after the school, after it happened. I guess they mentioned... Um, Columbine and Eric and Dylan. Daniel. Wait, no, Dylan. Oh my god, okay. Oh my god, I was so stressed for a second. Dylan, yeah, it's Dylan. Oh my god, I was so stressed for a second that I was calling him by the wrong names. Oh my god, and if I did, I'm so sorry to you guys. Because his name is Dylan, Dylan Claybold and Eric Harris. Um, Dawson College in 2006, the shooter wrote a note praising the two. Let's see. There was one in Red, it was Red Lake High School in 2005. He wore trench coats, killed police officer grandfather and girlfriend, took cars and weapons from his grandfather. 
asked one student if they believed in God and shot them, I believe. And that's what happened in Columbine 2, I believe. They, oh, I feel so horrible for not remember. I think it was, yes, it was Cass, Casey, it was Casey. Casey Barnell, who was age 17, she said yes, and she was shot because she believed in God. And again, it's just horrible. And there's so many things that, like, there's so many, like, little notes in here that I didn't talk about with you guys. But, for instance, they loved Hitler, and they, like, loved Nazis, and they thought that was very, very interesting. And they sometimes gave the Hell Hitler salute. Um, let's see. They wanted to kill hundreds of students at their school, hoping to achieve fame. And they learned how to make bombs. And Eric actually had a website where he, I believe he posted, like, a list of people that he hated. I don't know if he achieved that list, but also I know that all these, like, everyone... For the most part, I believe everyone that died was random. It was chosen randomly. I just, this entire thing is crazy. And school shootings should not be a normal thing. School shootings should not be a thing that high school students have to worry about. They should be worried about going to school and getting their education and not being scared of going to school and possibly getting shot. It is not fair that I have to stress about whether I'm going to get shot at my school or if I'm going to make straight A's. They're very different things and I should focus more on one of those things and it should not be the shootings. But I believe that wraps up our, I think, possibly our longest episode and I'm going to try to not focus on this case anymore. Next week is definitely going to be something lifestyle. I have to think of something honestly but if you guys have any ideas for any episodes that you guys want me to do please let me know. I am definitely open to having a lot more ideas so yeah thank you guys so much for listening i love you all so much and don't forget to follow the mornings with liz podcast on instagram all right thank you guys so much i love you bye